Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, when Bobby Blades and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get our show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do we make money from our podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it is 100% free. That's one of my three favorite four-letter F words. It's also ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Now, admittedly, I am not a rocket surgeon. I'm not tech savvy. I need things to be super simple. Anchor makes it easy for us. We create the content and Anchor does all the rest of the work. I dig that the most. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join the Inhumans and a diverse community of like-minded degenerate podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You know I'll be listening. Radio. Welcome to the strange and mysterious world of the Inhuman Experience, a podcast that discusses the paranormal and explores the unexplained. My name is Bobby Anthem, and with me as always, don't fly too close to him, you might get lost. (laughs) My, My partner and fellow Inhuman, Bobby Blades, what's happening, man? Hey, not too much. How's it going? Doing doing very well, man. Doing well today. And I'm uh, pretty excited, as always, about today's topic and today's guest, as always. Yeah, that's good. So uh, I'll introduce today's guest. We have, once again, Johnny Florida with us, and we will be discussing the devil, the 12 Devil's Graveyards around the world. How you doing, Johnny? I'm doing pretty good. Apparently, this show is for the paranormal and the unexplained, and I can tell you I suffer from paranoia, and I can't explain how my mom was knocked up. (laughs) (laughs) So perfect for the show. Yeah, yeah. Some alien abduction. Yeah, I might become the John Draper of this show. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I know we talked about it recently. I made some hints about it and some points and all that. Um, But for anybody that's not fully aware, you know... um, there's something that's out there. People know about the Bermuda Triangle, and they know everything that's going on with that. You know, over the years, there's been many mysteries going on with the Bermuda Triangle. People that's gone missing, ships, planes, uh, what have you, and everything going along with it. Well, there's actually, the Bermuda Triangle is actually one of 12 Devil's Graveyards, as, as it's said. And the Devil's Graveyards go across the planet almost isometrically in place of each other. Basically, they are. And completely separated, going all the way from the direct of the the northern Arctic, all the way down to the direct middle of uh, Antarctica, going into Asia, the Indian Ocean, the Pacific, Atlantic, every corner of this of this planet, you know. And this planet being a round planet, not a flat planet. Although that might be another episode for you guys. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that that's your agenda. So I don't want to ruin oh, wait, any. Wait. 
we're probably we're probably not going to touch on that topic. We're just going <laughs> to all agree that the Earth is flat. That's all we're going to do. Oh, <clears throat> false. Very false. I'm, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, oh, okay. Well, this I, is a I great. Scared, you didn't. Well, I uh, my partner too. I no, no. I, I was like, just letting you talk. No. I'm just, <laughs> I was looking for a second there. Like, oh, okay. Well, I think I've overstayed my welcome. I think I got a pot roast oven. <laughs> no, I'll talk to you guys later. No, I'm a weirdo, but I'm not one of those flat Earth weirdos. So, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is this is very fascinating, and um, yeah, this uh, this topic actually sparked from a conversation that you and I had before, and I was not aware. I was, of course, of course, like everybody, I was aware of the Bermuda Triangle, and and I was uh, aware that there were other uh, locations around the world, but I thought maybe there was one or two. At the most, I had no idea there were there were uh, twelve. So you kind of shine that light for me. Yeah. So I'm I'm really interested in hearing more. Yeah, and same here. I at first I thought it was just the Bermuda Triangle until I'd heard about the one um, in in China or in Asia somewhere. And so I was like, oh, okay, there's two. And then I talked to you, Bobby, and you were telling me, oh, I spoke to Johnny, and there was twelve. And I'm like, holy fuck, twelve? Yeah. All right. So that that just blew my theory out of the water that there was only two. Yeah, you think there's just one? Well, there's two. Actually, there's twelve. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> one and two. One two. There yeah. you go. One and two is twelve. There you go. Ha ha. Yeah. But yeah, no, they're, they're completely. They're almost isometrically uh, separated from each other. So, <clears throat> if anybody's able to take a look, you know, you guys can find so many links about it online. Um, one of the big ones that you know probably will be covering is um, the one up in Alaska, but. You know, want to try to cover all, a little bit of each of them if possible. I mean, you know, each of them is is different, and some of them are very famous. You know, one of them, for example, you guys know about the uh, the Easter Island heads, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, one of the things that people don't know about, and I know you got the link up for Paranoia Magazine, the Twelve Graveyard uh, Devil's Graveyards. You know, people have always suspected about the Easter Island heads, you know, about the, the giant heads that's out there on the small little Easter Island out there in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of South America, way off the coast of South America. And people have always been suspicious about it. How did, how did they get made? How did they get moved into those spots? Because there's nobody living on the island. And there's always been suspicions. Well, the area around... Um, Easter Island as well is considered to be one of the 12 Devil's Graveyards. There's been many times in history where planes of boats, ships have gone out to sea or into these different locations and have just gone missing. And to this day, a lot of them can't be found. I mean, you guys have heard of all the stories about the Bermuda Triangle and some of the craziness from that alone, right? I mean, it's the most yeah. obvious one. Oh, yeah. That's the kind of the one that we grew up on. Yeah. Exactly. And and I was talking to a, to a co-worker of mine today about it, you know, he was like, why is it that we don't know about the other ones? And I said, because we have so much documented history for the Atlantic. I said to him, you got to remember that this nation was founded by Europeans who came across, whether from Spain, Portugal, France, or the United Kingdom. And they explored through the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, the British, or Christopher Columbus found us by accident, thinking we were India. Yeah. You know, So we're going to have so much history because of the fact that... <clears throat> In the end, the Atlantic Ocean will always be the most traveled ocean. I mean, right. the Pacific right now has so much with commerce. The Atlantic still has a lot going on because of Europe, South America, West Africa, and North America. Um, but Asia and everything going on there, there's a lot. So it could take a long time 
and they could possibly surpass. But when you look at all the hundreds of years in the past, the Atlantic's going to have that. And there's been so many ships uh, that have gone out at sea and to this day have never been found. And always, like, there were many times where they were last seen off the coast of South Carolina or Georgia, Florida. Uh, they docked maybe in Bermuda or in the Bahamas. And <clears throat> they go out to sea and then never heard from again. And that's where the suspicions of the Bermuda Triangle has built up. And if you guys take a look, you know, there's many different ones. There's the Indus Valley over in Pakistan. There's the Bermuda Triangle. They're not all in, in, in water, everybody. You got the Algerian megaliths over by south of Timbuktu. You got the Devil's Sea, which is the south of Japan, which, which is south of Japan. Um, Wharton Basin, South Atlantic Anomaly, the Easter Island megaliths, east of Rio de Janeiro is one of them. The Loyalty Islands, the North and South Pole, and uh, I always mess up when I try to say this: the Hamakulia uh, volcano east of Hawaii. Um, you know, we could try to delve into all of them. I do actually. I do think that's probably going to take forever to try to cover all that. And the last thing we want to do is ex is spend too much time on a single one. But one of them that we can spend a single uh, a good amount of time on is one that I basically lived in, and that was when I lived in Alaska. Now, everybody that's listening, listened to the whole list and said, "Wait a minute, Alaska is not part of that." Well, there is the one up in the Atlantic, off the coast of Mexico, and then there's the one in uh, the Arctic. And there's the belief that there is a supposed uh, devil's graveyard that could be expanded to land, which would include Alaska. And that's where you get the idea of the Alaska Triangle. Um, now, I know I could go on forever about it because, you know, having lived there, and I know I'm probably going to be doing a lot of talking from what I've learned and researched while living there. But, Bobby Blades, I know you uh, did a lot of research on this as well. Is there anything you want to point out? That way I'm not rambling the whole show. Well, actually, I didn't do a lot of research on it because I didn't have a chance to do it last night. Um, but what have I got here? Um, all right, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna recant something from uh, the paranoia the paranoiamagazine.com, where it says ships have been floundering and disappearing at sea since time immemorial and accepted fact until comparatively recent times when ship-to-shore contact by radio was established. Then it began being noticed that one of the six categories of lost ships, those that disappeared, constituted an, un an unusual class. Then came airplanes, though usually smaller. Planes are much more closely in touch with land bases as well as in communication with each other, with ships, and in the cause of military craft with submarines. What's more, aircraft may be watched visually and by radar to the horizon, and then by radio contact beyond. Thus, when they start disappearing, the whole business became a lot more sticky. Even if a plane is out of radio and radar contact, its general course is plotted and logged, unless it's a private plane, and if it founders, disintegrates in the air due to atmospheric conditions, or is wrecked, crashes, burns, or collides, it invariably leaves something on the surface of the sea or land, even if it's only an oil slick. <clears throat> Yet the moment transoceanic flight became common during and after World War II, planes also began to disappear while they were in contact, for example, as opposed to just being unaccounted for. But war is war, and nobody had time to investigate. After the war, things took on quite another aspect when the following incident occurred. <clears throat> on December 5, 1945, 
TBM Avenger torpedo bombers left the Fort Lauderdale Naval Air Station in Florida on a routine patrol. They were scheduled to fly some 160 miles due east out over the Atlantic, then travel north for 40 miles, and then return directly to directly T-9 base. The planes took off at 2 p.m. and were heard from at 3.35 p.m., at which time it became clear that all was not well. They had no idea where they were, said they didn't know even which way was west, and that everything is wrong. Strange. We can't be sure of any direction. Even the ocean doesn't look as it should. The base listened to exchanges between the five pilots for about another hour, and at 4.25, the flight leader reported to Fort Lauderdale, we don't even know where we are. We think we must be about 225 miles northeast of base. It looks like we are, and that was the last ever heard or seen of the five TBMs. Within minutes, a Martin Mariner flying boat was airborne to search for the planes, and within 15 minutes, that too vanished. The resultant search operation was probably the most extensive in history up to that time and covered thousands of square miles, but no trace of either of the five TBMs or the Martin Mariner was ever found. Yep. And uh, and remember, this is, like you said, December of 45. This is after World War II is over, both in the Pacific and the Atlantic. And there was some potential fears that people were thinking, you know, could there have been a rogue U-boat that did not receive notification that the Germans had surrendered? Could it have been uh, the Soviets out there conducting something? Because they immediately, as soon as the war was over, they already started having paranoia with the Soviets. And so people had those worries. I mean, I know it's not mentioned in the article, but just giving a background for everybody, you know, thinking like, okay, it's 45, what are they thinking? You know, could they have hit a storm? But at the time, there was no basis of uh, any major storms going out, at least at the time. There was no hurricanes or tsunamis being reported. So... You know, and if there was, if it was a big thunderstorm, everybody, trust me, the planes would not even even taken off. I mean, D-Day was pushed back a day just because there was fog in the air. You know, so that trust me, these guys were careful back then. Yeah, true. And uh, I mean, there are even there are delays even today. You know, so for right. for for it to happen back then, of course, you know, with, with technology being the way that it is now, you. But uh, yeah, I just I wonder how many uh, how many accounts like that are are documented that are just undeniable, you know, throughout time. How many things like that do we actually have a, a record of that that we can't look at and say, okay, this is made up, or you know, this is this is a myth, or this is fictional, you know? How many how much of that do we have? Right. <clears throat> well. Kinda, oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Go on, go on, dude. Uh, that kind of makes me wonder about that Malaysian flight that was um, going on Twitter, and uh, the, the guy on the YouTube's made a video about it, and you know the SOS thing, and all that crazy shit. Did Did you hear about that, Johnny? Oh yeah, flight flight three seventy. Um, yeah. People have always suspected. People suspect like the co-pilot may have been. Uh, you know, there's always a lot of theories going on at the time. People thought uh, maybe it was heading towards Pakistan and uh, being used to be another terrorist attack for terrorists or whatever. Um, People had a lot of other suspicions. People they thought like the co-pilot may have been suicidal and insane. A couple of different uh, theories going on. And in, in fact, if you scroll down in that article, I want you to keep scrolling. Keep wow, keep scrolling until you see. You'll see a map for the Bermuda Triangle, um, which will show the coast of Florida and the Bermuda Triangle. Oh yeah, I see it. Now keep scrolling down. You'll see the map for the ten vile vortices around the world. That's vortex Holy in plural. Sh- Okay, yeah, they are 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Ten of the each, go on. Yeah, what do you see? They each make a triangle. Yep. They they each make their own triangle. All, there's oh, wow. three. Uh, one is at the top, and two at the bottom, and they they oh my goodness. You sh- you should really see this, Bobby. Wow. Yeah. yeah they are. There's. The, it's said to be ten vial vortices, which again everybody is for vortex, but plural around the world, and they make up ten of the twelve devil's graveyards. The belief is that the uh, the north and south poles also are as well. But you got the Devil's Triangle, which is just south of Japan. You got the Loyalty Islands, just north of New Zealand. You got the Hawaiian volcanoes in the Hawaiian Islands area, uh, just east of Hawaii. You got the Easter Island. You got the Bermuda Triangle. And what's the other thing that you're noticing? You're noticing three uh, the three sided triangles. That's considered the Devil Triangles. But what is it that they're doing with all the other Devil Triangles? Well, there's a line going straight through them. So if you were to fly around the world in that area, you would hit each one of those. Yep, they're actually complete. They make they, the triangles make triangles themselves yep. with each other, and it's a straight narrow line. The uh, the Bermuda Triangle, the Hamakulia Hawaiian volcanoes, the Devil's Triangle of Japan, the Algerian megalith, and the Indus River Karachi Pakistan uh, Triangle are dead even with each other <clears throat> yeah, and it's amazing and then you got the Wharton Basin the Loyalty Islands the Eastern Island Megalith the one off the coast of Rio and the Zimbabwe ancient mines area which just touches um, Mozambique and mostly covers southern Madagascar they all touch each other and then while those two lines are even if you were to cut a diagonal line from one to the uh, to the other to the next one like straight lines they completely match together, so you're making full triangles. And if you take a look, the Wharton Basin is just south of um, where they pres- where was the last time they had uh, uh, last heard from Malaysian Flight 370, which was just over Indonesia, and they found some remnants. It's presumed that it was it went down in the southern Indian Ocean, which is exactly where the Wharton Basin is, which is the bottom left corner of uh, that picture, number 43. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and I see uh, even the tip of Australia mm-hmm. is also in that triangle. Yep. Uh, northern portion of West Australia. Yep. Well, north, north central. So, <clears throat> so. Uh, and the bottom half of North America goes into it, and uh, most of South America. Oh, yep. shit. Like, even a good portion of Africa is in that triangle as well. Right. And now those triangles itself, people don't suspect those to be like the full-out <clears throat> triangles, but it's the other triangles, the smaller ones that are considered to be the devil's graveyards. Um, although sun could happen inside any of those as well. Yeah. Uh, seems to be for the most part North America was safe, <laughs> but <laughs> this one does not show the idea of the Alaska Triangle in that map, and that's why it's presumed to be that there is the um, the what do you call it the uh, one of the twelve devil's graveyards as well. And I'm going to pull up my Twitter, and I'm going to send you the link to the Wikia page that I got uh, talking about it. Uh, which one is it? Which oh, link? I got too many links up. Can you just send it in through Skype because I, I don't have Twitter open? Sure. I'm going to have to use that computer. I'm, I'm using two computers right now. So, oh, uh-huh. okay. That's uh, so no worries. But um, there's the belief that the Alaska Triangle is one of them as well. Um, I don't have the exact numbers, but since they've been trying to document the Alaska Triangle... You know, we're going to, I guess, use this as a deviation if you want to go into the Alaska Triangle. Um, let's see, what is it called again? Sorry, everybody, I'm just trying to pull up the, the website again. Okay. Um, <clears throat> there's the belief that, uh, that Alaska is home to one of the Devil's Graveyards as well, called the Alaska Triangle. And 
what it is is um, since the 1970s, uh, when they started actually documenting the number of missing people that's popped up uh, in Alaska, you know, like the like missing persons reports, over 65,000 people have gone missing since the 1970s when they started actually documenting it. Wow. Yeah. And you, when you when you realize that uh, the Alaska that Alaska's currently got a population of seventy seven hundred thirty thousand, you realize that's just under ten percent. In fact, it was ten percent just uh, ten years ago. So I'm sending the link to this one to you. Now it's in the Skype chat. It'll show you the Alaska flag. Now this is to a cryptids dot uh, website. Everybody, I know you guys are probably going to be thinking, well, it's not a legit thing, but. It's because Wikipedia itself doesn't have a full thing, or Britannica is not going to cover the Alaska Triangle. It's mostly a theory. But if you take the link I just sent you, Bob's, you'll scroll down and see the map that they have. And it um, talks about, you know, that the Alaska Triangle is a vast area in remote U.S. state of Alaska, which is probably le the least known area for cryptozoologists to study around. The borders of this spot begins in North and Barrow. Um, if anybody watched Ice Road Truckers, you know Barrow, Prudhoe Bay. Well, I remember Barrow, Alaska from um, uh, 30 Days of Night. Yep. <laughs> so. 28 Days Later, 30, day, 30 Days of Night, yep. Because that's exactly what that, <laughs> that, that that city is. In the winter, you'll have a whole month where there's no sunlight, and in the summer, you'll have a whole month where there's nothing but sunlight. That's crazy. Um, yep. When I lived in Anchorage, which is south-central Alaska, we... Literally, this, this, in December, the sun wouldn't come up till like, 11 a.m., and then it, wouldn't, it would go down at 4 p.m., <clears throat> But meanwhile, in uh, the summertime, like in August, I literally saw buddies of mine washing their cars at midnight one night. Uh, because oh, of the yeah, because that really messes with your head because you don't get enough nighttime, right? Well, yeah, especially during the, the <clears throat> wintertime when you're not, not getting sunlight because you actually get vitamin D from the sun. So when you are in a dark place or when you stay in a place for a long time, you get that's what cabin fever is for because you start getting depressed and possibly hallucinogenic because you don't have vitamin D. So, you know, that's why people have all that stuff. That's why there's a lot of drinking, depression, sex, all that stuff up in Alaska because it's what people do when they're indoors away from the cold or trying to make themselves feel better. So, but this one covers Barrow to Anchorage to Juneau, that, like that area inside. Now, it's not a, a perfect-shaped uh, triangle, but it does fit the area that they're basically saying. And that's mostly the area where that they... Um, have been uh, seeing the ideas of people that gone up there, pilots, hikers, a anybody. They uh, they like they've gone into that area and they tend to come missing over the years and no one's ever heard from them again. Okay, so where on that picture where the red lines are, that's uh, the area like inside of those red lines. That's the area where all that stuff has happened. Yeah. Wow, that's a pretty big area. Oh yeah, the the land alone is uh, guaranteed. I mean, you got people got to remember Alaska is two times the size of the state of Texas alone. That area alone that you're seeing probably does cover probably at least eighty percent the size of Texas. Yeah, Bobby, I'm gonna send you this so you can check it out later on. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but this is this is extremely interesting here. The Alaska Triangle. Yeah, one of the most famous um, <clears throat> moments that we had of that up in Alaska was um i'm trying to find the the link for it but the most famous incident ever that happened was uh baggage bogs um <clears throat> what it was was uh nick baggage 
and uh, Hale Boggs. Nick Begich was a congressman at large for the state of Alaska, and um, Hale Boggs was not just a congressman from uh, Louisiana, but he was also the House Majority Leader. So he was one of the highest-ranking guys in Congress. And um, they were in a plane up in Alaska um, back in 1973. Um, was it 73 or was it... Um, no, they went, they went missing in uh, 72 is what it was. And they were in a plane and they just lost connection, uh, communications. And it became a big incident. They were because now you're looking for two congressmen, including the House Majority Leader. Which, when you're the ruling party in control of the House, the House Majority Leader is the second highest ranking person. So, it was seen to be as a big deal going on. And so, they went on. If you guys are able to pull it up, um, you know his uh, name. You know Nick Begich, B-E-G-I-C-H, or Hale H-A-L-E Boggs. Um, these guys, when they went missing, it led to the biggest search and rescue effort in American history. Uh, you had like 12 Coast Guard cutters, Navy ships, the Army and the Air Force with aviation, the Civil Air Patrol. Everybody was out looking for them. Um, you guys watch the X-Men movies, right? Yes. Okay, so you know the SR-71 Blackbird, which was used as the the, the X-Men's plane? Yes. Yep. Well, that plane had been around for since the 60s, but it was never publicly ad, uh, admitted or introduced. They wanted to keep it quiet. They want for intelligence purposes. The the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the baggage box search and rescue was the official debut publicly and even the government admission of the existence of the Blackbird um, back then. It was never they never wanted to admit it even existed. And they had to bring it out for Alaska to tr- uh, to try to see if they could find it, to find the guys. And wow. that was that was in 1972. Yeah, and it disappeared October 16th, 1972. Yep. And the search was suspended 39 days later. To this day, no, uh, the plane, the pilots, the passengers, nobody has ever been found. Um, what's weird is. Um, after uh, after they went missing was the 1972 election, and uh, you know not to get into the politics, but here's the thing: like the weirdness, um, Nick Begich was missing, and he was a Democratic congressman facing off against Don Young, a Republican, uh, who's our congressman now. Uh, he actually won the special election to uh, become to become congressman later on, and uh, he's been congressman ever since. But the reason why I'm bringing all that up is. The people had such hope for the idea of trying to find Nick Begich that, and to even show honor and respect to him that in the 1972 election, people came out in droves and voted for him to stay in office, even though he had been missing. Wow. And he won 56.2% to 43.8%. He won by 13%. And he won the election. He was still missing, and then he was declared uh, dead in um in december and then they had the special election to choose his successor in which case a guy oh wait that's the hell boggs one they um they had the special election afterwards uh for him which don young won that special election but even to show respect to him he had won 
re-election just because they wanted on him. And eventually his son later became, uh, was recently senator from Alaska, uh, Mark Begich. But that's the biggest incident. There's many other incidences within Alaska that's happened over the years. Like I said, 65-plus thousand people have gone missing. And people just can't explain it. So. And that's 65,000 only in the Alaskan Triangle? Uh, yeah, that's what, the, well, th- that's what they believe. They, ever since they kept uh, documentation since the 60s and 70s, right. they've said over 65,000. Um, people could have uh, gone missing in the area, but here's the key thing you got to look at. The Alaskan Bermuda Triangle, as it said, or the Alaska Triangle on one of the maps is... Um, it, inc- it includes uh, Juneau, Anchorage, and Barrow, the most northern city in, the, in North America, the capital of the state, and the most populated city in the state. And in between that is Fairbanks. So it's easy to bet that somebody, if they're going to any of these cities, they're flying through the Alaskan Triangle. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, now me, like if you're flying from... Um, if you're flying from Washington State, if you're flying from Arizona, Utah, Oregon, like I have in the past, then you're going to bypass all of that and then just land in Anchorage from around the water. But a lot of pilots do tend to be worrisome about it. Um, if you look at the map where Anchorage is, the Anchorage airport is right there on the next to the face in the water. So pilots, what they'll tend to do is if they got to go to Fairbanks, they will try to fly out and then fly just outside the Alaskan Triangle. And then when they have to land to uh, Fairbanks try to get themselves in such a straight path that they can guarantee like the shortest time being in there just because pilots are superstitious just like ships yeah you know i can imagine if if all that all those disappearances have yeah. happened and they never found anybody then i definitely wouldn't fly through that area either exactly it's just like you know nobody ever mentions uh, the titanic when you're on a ship it's it's <laughs> severely taboo you know like if if you mention the titanic around around any ship personnel they will. They may freak out. So, it's one of those taboo things and everything. You know, I even had to tell my girlfriend one time on the trip. She was like, "I just hope we don't end up like the Titanic." I said to her, "Okay, I love you, uh, but don't say that when we get on the fucking ship." <laughs> yeah, watch your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me put soap in it as I throw you overboard just to protect my ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. I will be put her in the you. brig. <laughs> Are you kidding? No, because she's still she's the jinx, and now she's still on the ship. Just deeper inside. No, fuck that. Right. <laughs> anyway. She has to go for the good of the people on the ship. Yeah. I had to protect everybody else on the ship, God. So, somebody had to go. Just put her on the bow. She'll be the albatross. Yeah. We took a vote. She lost. I pushed her off. It was only two people voting. Her vote didn't count. <laughs> so. But, yeah. I mean, this is serious. It's Ah. So many different articles that you could read. The Mysterious Universe I got up. The Mystery of the Alaska Triangle from 2015. In the Land of Missing Persons uh, from the Atlantic.com. And they talk about the numbers of, of people go, uh, missing that they've tried looking. And it is very scary what these triangles could be. And people believe that the Alaska Triangle is one of them. And, I mean, you're, you're talking some serious problems. Now, again, I'm rambling again. So, Bobby... Um, Whatever uh, you was, got. I was going to ask you if you had the audio from anything uh, that we can listen to. Yes, I actually do. There was one thing. One of the beliefs is the idea of the minerals in the ground, the vort, uh, the minerals in the ground. Um, 
what do you call it? Um, it, it the belief of the um, the minerals in the mountains or in the ground anywhere that could cause vortexes, which could be the effect and everything. And so um, <clears throat> I pulled up uh, a link I got. Let's see. There it is right there. Let me just get it up. Let me get the uh, no comment. Uh, perfect. And this is a I, this is a almost seven minute clip. I know I was expecting even shorter, um, but I could play this one. I'll probably pause it at some point. And he explains vortexes and what the minerals in the mountains could be because there was a theory as to why this happens for uh, Alaska, but it could be for other places. And it can and it's supposedly one of the paranormal theories as to why we have these uh, devil's graveyards in these exact spots in the planet. So hopefully I don't get an ad. There we go. 12 geographic areas, these are vortexes, alleged by a scientist to have been sites of mysterious disappearances. The 12 devil's graveyards around the world. The Bermuda Triangle, Stonehenge, the ancient Egyptian pyramids, and the stone monuments on Easter Island all stand equidistant from each other. And each of them fits into the planetary grid of documented vortexes. All of these alleged devil's graveyards have been associated with unexplained phenomena dating back thousands of years. Is Alaska one of them? Oh, it is. Holy cow. How does it feel that you just flew through a devil's graveyard and lived to tell? Oh, my God, yeah. Something weird is going on here. I would like to talk to a vortex expert, someone who really understands what a vortex is in the way that these guys are describing it. I'm sending you a link through this clip. In general, a vortex is a spinning energy, like a hurricane. If you are, if you want, we're at a minute 15 if you want to get yourself on, on par. What happens to people in the Alaska Triangle? Well, I believe that we are susceptible to shifts in consciousness when we expose ourselves to these energies. You might possibly have hallucinations. You might have uh, you know, lost time. Hallucinations and lost time could get one lost or uh, make them disappear. Right. Well, lost time could potentially be an effect of consciousness. Do you think that the vortex is contributing to the people going missing in Alaska? I believe that it's possible. I don't think you can explain that all the missing people, they, they haven't all been eaten by bears. How will we know when we're in a vortex? Different people experience it different ways. Some people have psychic sight. They can see the lines of energy. I tend to feel a tingling in my face. When I come to, effectively, the boundary is where the energy tends to be strongest. You can think of like a spinning phonograph record and how fast it spins at the edges. There is a tool that you can use that uh, may help you to identify the vortex. This device is called the Golden Vortex. One of the researchers in my vortex research group has... Uh, discovered a certain arrangement of magnets. There are three magnets in here in a specific arrangement, and he claims that this is a portable vortex. One of the phenomena that you see at a vortex is that people will appear to change height. So if you have two participants on a perfectly level platform facing each other across the boundary of a vortex, you'll notice over time that there seems to be an apparent shift in the relative height.
height of the two participants. We could do a little experiment here and see if the two of you experience any change in relative height. Okay. I don't want to be her height. <laughs> I'm happy. How tall are you? It's about six feet. And how tall are you? Five nine. Okay, well, I would suggest that you stand up on this nearly perfectly level platform here, a couple feet apart, and face each other. First, let me pull the vortex out of the equation. Okay. And we'll just, uh, we'll do the vortex salute, which is, uh, you kind of put your, your hand here at your eye level, and you look as straight across as you can, and you notice, okay, I'm looking at the bridge of the person's nose. Notice that place where you're, okay. you're looking at each other. And now I'm going to put this vortex device in between the two of you here okay. and we'll see you know age is going to make me short enough i don't necessarily need a golden vortex to help me along are, are you noticing any any difference you look taller you, do it? you look taller to me yes. are you serious <laughs> i've grown yes i thought i was going to get your height but no i looked across and no, i was like actually uh, that, that's true i feel shorter than way shorter than normal that's really weird. Kind of crazy, right? Believe me, this is not some trick of our cameras. But just wait, it gets better. Now, what if weird. look at where you're, the other person's standing uh -huh. and change places. Swip, switch right. with switch each other? places around the, the golden vortex. Oh, my. I'm towering <laughs> over you now. Yes, you Am I? Yeah. You yeah, look thinner, too. Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> that happens, actually. Is this an optical illusion? I don't see how it can be an optical illusion in the ordinary way that we understand optical illusions. It may be purely visual phenomena, something like refraction, but it's also possible, I want you to consider the possibility that there's something physical going on. I promise this is not a special effect. In fact, our camera operators couldn't believe their eyes, and our camera equipment was going crazy and inexplicably malfunctioning. Something about this tiny vortex made the person standing on one side seem stretched out and thin, and the person on the other side seem short and compacted. We know magnets can pull at and stretch matter. Is it possible a magnetic anomaly that we don't fully understand could pull and stretch light? Our cameras seem to think so. I personally have no idea. But if a vortex the size of a quarter can do this to our equipment and our own eyes, imagine what a vortex the size of the Alaska Triangle can actually do. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Now, I know some people listening going, that is just way too much information. The reason why I kept playing, and for the record, I mean, there was another there was another minute to go. But the reason why, you know, I, I played all that because it led to the theory of, like, okay, this is what it did to the camera and did to the size. And if you could check out the video later, Bobby, you know, yeah, go, go to, like, about four minutes, three and a half minutes in and watch the video. And um, they actually have, like, a cut. They do have a couple of cut scenes when they're talking at the different camera angles, but then they have the one spot where the two of them are standing facing each other, and then they switch positions. The camera doesn't move. There's no cut scene. You just literally see them walk, and the guy is towering over her. And it is kind of weird to see that. And that goes to the theory of the idea that maybe there is certain minerals in the ground, especially in the mountains of Alaska because there's so many mountains, that the belief is that maybe this is what causes the anomalies and the problems that maybe planes and ships are going down or sinking because there was ideas that maybe they were, the ships were hitting reefs 
or an iceberg or something in the ground that they did they, that, that their sonar radars couldn't find or a plane their navigation messed up or something they thought they were fine and next thing you know they hit a mountain and they didn't see it till the very last seconds before they could try to deviate so that's all the that's some of the theories that's gone on is the belief that maybe it's the minerals in the ground at these exact perfect spots uh, across the planet or in the case of Alaska completely off but it leads to the devil's graveyards because thanks to the anomalies and the stuff with the minerals and other theories that it just causes machinery and mechanics to mess up and people die, crash, anything. Yeah, the interesting thing that I'm looking at back on the uh, Paranoia uh, Paranoia magazine is the, the way these things are perfectly aligned with one another. And if you are... Um, it, could it be that those areas have a like a, like the Earth has a higher magnetic field concentration in those areas? Like from what I'm seeing, it's like okay, we've got one, and then it's uh, perfectly aligned with the next one, and all three of them create a triangle of their own. And it's just like amazing to see this grid pattern here that I'm looking at. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what the video there was uh, <clears throat> sort of mentioned in that it could be that these. These, these uh, particular minerals are laid out along those lines like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's exactly what the theory is. Many people believe that with, um, <clears throat> like I said, with the mountains of Alaska, there's so many that it's easy to believe. Like, oh, okay, so that one makes sense. But then people would say, well, how do you explain the Easter Island? I mean, the only, me the only minerals there really are in the ground or in the Easter Island heads. There's no mountains. I mean, there's a couple of hills and that's it. Or you're talking like, um, you know, down in Malaysia. I mean, some of these places are right in the water. You know, deep, deep underwater is the is the, the ground, the basin. So people say like, okay, there's no mountains protruding out of them. Maybe there's mountains underwater, but how are they have any effect? But, I mean, we've always heard of the idea of underwater pyramids, supposedly whether it's from Atlantis or other stuff, but pyramids or other mountains completely underwater that you can only see when you go underwater deep enough. And... The problem is we can't go deep enough in, in a lot of those places because our body can't handle it. So that's why now we have modern submarines that can go in there. But some of the places people are just too afraid because whether it's the, the superstitions, the fears, or just the idea like maybe there's enough pressure that it will actually destroy their submarines. Right. People don't get, go deep enough in those places. Yeah, that's true. It, it, like when you said that, it immediately brought back uh, the Mariana Trench to me. And I'm thinking of uh, just how deep is that? I could try to find that out. <laughs> and what would we find in there? <laughs> Let's see. I could try to pull that up. But <clears throat> uh, 124. What? No, no. <clears throat> uh, depth of 36,070 feet. Which, that's going to be a lot. I'm going to estimate in my head while I try to do the calculator. That's got to be... 5,200. That's got to be about seven miles deep. Wow. Okay. Let's see. Divided by 5,280 feet. Comes out to, okay, 6.83 miles. I was close. Yeah, I'm impressed. And so far, that's the, that's, the deepest, uh, that's the deepest thing that they've found in the Earth so far, right? Yeah, it's, uh, that's what it says. Deepest part of the world's oceans. Located in the Western Pacific Ocean, an average of... 200 kilometers or 124 miles to the east of the Mariana Islands 
in the west in the western Pacific east of the Philippines, and it's just due south, almost due south of Japan. Oh shit! Yeah. So it says, um, for comparison, if Mount Everest were dropped into the trench at this point, its peak would still be seen. Uh, its peak would still be over. 1.6 kilometers or one mile underwater. <laughs> wow. And, and somehow in 2009, the Marianas Trench was established as a United States National Monument. We don't con- <laughs> We only control. Okay, okay. You know what? It's by Guam. You know what? That's why. <laughs> they control Guam. They, 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 they got it. That's right. <clears throat> so, yeah, go, fi- go figure. But. Oh, there's always those things. Um, there is another theory that can go with it, but I don't know if you want to keep talking about this. Any comments, concerns, smartest remarks, break time, whatever you're thinking. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Bobby? This is all very fascinating. I actually, I, w- I would like to hear what else you have. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> there's another theory. So uh, up in Alaska as to the causes of the, this. <clears throat> um what do you call it? Um, so Alaska, I should really have a light on and turn the camera on. Alaska, if you take a look at the map of Alaska, there's mainly three regions of Alaska by, that people identify. Um, I mean, there's many parts of it, but I, mostly people identify one of four, three to four. You got South Central, which includes the Matsu Valley, Anchorage, Alaska, the entire Anchorage Bowl, and the Kenai Peninsula. That's where you have the cities of Kenai, Homer, Soldatner, and uh, Seward. Uh, and then you got South, you got South Central, uh, no, that's South Central, uh, the Southeastern Panhandle. That's where you have the towns of Valdez, uh, Yakutut, uh, Juneau, Ketchikan, and Sitka. And that's the one that, that aligns uh, mostly along the coast of British Columbia. And that's why, you know, like I mentioned recently, you know, to you guys, like, uh, in uh, Sitka, they get more rain than snow because they have the same climate as uh, British Columbia. Um, the rest of the, the state of Alaska, people just call it the interior or the bush. And that's the main part of the mainland, I mean, along with South Central. But it's the main part of the mainland of basically everything else. Even if you're in Bethel, which is all the way on the Alaskan coast facing towards Russia, or even the Aleutian Chains, which is like the fourth region, you know, is the Aleutian Islands. Um and each part of the country of the of the state, there's different kind of uh, Alaskan natives. You know, everybody knows about the Native Americans, the Indians, as people still like to say, even though they're not Indians because this ain't India. Um, but the the Alaskan there's the Alaskan natives as well, the Yupiks, the Inuits over by Canada, and etc. Well, down in um, down in uh, southeastern Alaska. The is mostly the um, <clears throat> is mostly uh, Indians or natives of the the Tlingit. I I always had a problem pronouncing it. I don't even know if the T is pronounced to be honest. T L I N G I T. So it would probably be the Lingit and the uh, the Simshian Indians, uh, two native tribes up in Alaska, and. This, uh, they are similar to the Nataina and the Denina Indians of South Central Alaska, and then up in Western Alaska you got the Yupiks, if you probably heard of, and the Yuri, uh, the Yuri Yulis. Uh, fun names, by the way, as you can tell. Um, that's not knocking them, everybody. I'm just stating the obvious. It's hard to say. And 
there was a theory, the, the belief is, we've always heard of folk tales and thoughts of, like, monsters and stuff, whether we're talking Dracula, the creature from the Black Lagoon, or, you know, anything else. And they've always come from something. You know, I mean, Sasquatch was probably just bit, some big burly man that was coming in and, and just kidnapping and killing people, you know, or just roaming the woods. Who knows? Well, down, down in southeastern Alaska, there is a mythical shape-shifting creature that's been called the Kushtaka. Uh, you could spell it K-U-S-H-T-A-K-A or K-O-O-S-H-D-A-K-H-A-A. Uh, it depends on who's spelling it and how. And um, the, from the same episode I, ha I just had of, uh, Bra of that thing from Brad Meltzer's Dakota, you could try to find it as well. But Kushtaka is loosely translated means the land Ottoman. There's a belief that it's like a monster that looks like a like Sasquatch mixed with a human mixed with a an otter. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, supposedly like three <laughs> feet tall and stuff. Like you talking about Bigfoot sightings in the United States, people believe that when it comes to look, searching for the Kushtaka or Alaska's otter man. And See, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, go on. Well, I was just gonna say I'm I'm glad you brought this up actually because. Uh, at the beginning of this, I was I was really interested in hearing what some of the local legend was in, in uh, pretty much all of these areas because I figured there had to have been something, you know, throughout right. time. So, something other than um, something other than just the triangles appearing, like uh, actual entities that are there. Well, I'm just I was more interested in just the local just the local legend and how far back the story uh, goes. You know, just oh, okay. in, in history among the, the people who live there. Yeah, I was going on the on that whole cryptid rant for a moment there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh, what kind of creatures live there? Well, <clears throat> let's see. I got a quick clip if you want. I could play about the urban legend of the Kushtaka. Um, sure, yeah. Yep. Here we go. So this is, it's about four minutes long. And it talks about the legend, the belief of the Kushtaka, because the natives, it was used whether as a tool to try to scare the children to behaving, which God knows that's happened so many times. Um, but at the same time, it's um, some people truly believe it and they've seen it. So is uh, the legend of the Kushtaka. Kushtaka are mythological shape-shifting creatures found in the stories of the Tlingit in the Simshian Indians of southeastern Alaska's temperate rainforest. Notice I actually pronounced the names correctly the first time. Go me. <laughs> Loosely translated, Kushtaka means land otter man. These are similar to the Natian of the Dan Ania Indians of central Alaska and the Ural Yula and the Yupik of western Alaska. Physically, Kushtaka are shapeshifters capable of assuming human form, the form of an otter, and potentially other forms. In some accounts, the Kushtaka are able to assume the form of any species of otter, in other words, only one. Accounts of their behaviors seem to conflict with one another. In some stories, Kushtaka are cruel creatures who take delights in tricking poor, get sailors to their death. And others, they are friendly and helpful, frequently saving the lost from death by freezing. In many stories, the Kushtaka save the lost individual by dragging them 
with curiously otter-like illusions of their family and friends as they transform their subjects into fellow Kushtaka, thus allowing them to survive the cold. Naturally, this is counted as a mixed blessing. However, Kushtaka legends are not always pleasant. In some legends, it's said that the Kushtaka will imitate the cries of the baby or screams of a woman to lure their victims to the river. Once there, the Kushtaka either kills the person or tears them to shreds or turn them into another Kushtaka. Legends have it that the Kushtaka can be warded off through copper, urine, and in some stories, fire. Since Kushtaka mainly preys on small children, it has been thought that by some use that some were used by the Tlingit mothers to keep their children from wandering too close to the oceans by themselves. It is also said that the Kushtaka emit a high-pitched three-part whistle in a pattern of low, high, low. Okay, I'm going to leave her alone on that. She says like she couldn't. Fi- it was hard to find some urban legends. But one of the things I remember watching a documentary about it, and they talked about the Kushtaka, um, and she's saying Kushtaka. It's like, okay, so she's clearly never lived in Alaska. Thanks. Um, but people say the Kushtaka. And one I heard was a, of an older Alaskan native who believed in the Kushtaka. And she talked about how when she was a younger girl, like she was out in the backyard of their house, son, which faced towards the woods, and not far away from the woods, and she said that she looked towards the woods and she could see her mother out there trying to wave to her, you know, basically come here, come here, but not saying anything, and started walking to the woods and turn around and said and try to come, and she started coming, but then she stopped because something felt weird, and she tried, and next thing, and she's like her mom is telling her to come, come, to come into the woods and everything, and she didn't listen because without saying anything, it was just waving to come here. And eventually, just apparently, she said her mo- she saw her mom then just turn around, run into the woods, and, and then just disappear. And then her mom came out from the house behind her. And she actually believes that it was the Kushika trying to play a trick to ward her into the woods so she, she could be killed. Wow. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, that's another one. I know that sounds like, okay, how do we go from, uh, how do we go from Devil's Graveyards to Alaska Triangle Minerals and this? And it's because the reason for that is because it's one of the beliefs. You yeah. know, people are trying to work with science, trying to figure out what what this was. People are trying to say, you know, uh, uh, folklore. I mean, if you listen to the description of the Kushtaka, it basically sounds like it could fit the mold of being Bigfoot, Sasquatch, you know, right. uh, except possibly shape-shifting. But people, whenever they saw Bigfoot, supposedly it looked the same every time. But no, no one ever really got close enough to actually see the face entirely. You know, for all we know, it's man bed pig. You know, we don't know. <laughs> but it reminds me of the Skinwalker story somewhat. Yeah. You want to give a little detail on that? Uh, just as much as I know the, about the Native American uh, Skinwalkers are um, uh, supposedly demons that were once were once were part of the tribe, but they sold their soul or some shit in some of the legends. Uh, sold their soul to demons and then they became inhabited by demons and they can shapeshift into pretty much animal or man and uh, that's about as much as I know I gotta study up on that some more yeah any comments from you Bobs oh, well, it, that does sound very similar and yeah it does it does uh, 
it does seem like it would be a little bit of a jump, maybe, but not really because it it, it is all kind of connected to what we're talking about. Right. And, and that's the thing, you know, I mean, it's just it's another thing that's used to try to explain it. I mean, we all want answers. We always want answers. We can't we'll never get the answers to everything. We could all die, be the perfect person ever, go to heaven and find God and ask him the questions. You know, like, what's the meaning of life? Why was I here, God? What did you want me to do? And then you just look at me and just goes, fuck if I know you just want a billion. You know. But this is something we, the same thing. We'll, we're never going to know, supposedly. I mean, do you, does one believe the idea of the Kushika? I mean, at this point, you think that somebody would have gotten pictures or actually would have been able to kill one for us to be able to, um, to, to see and finally figure that out. But there's been so many things over the years in history that we can't explain. How is it that the English were able to believe the idea of, uh, of Merlin with, um, with, with uh, Camelot? I mean, at Camelot, you know, with, um, oh, my God, who's the guy who pulled the sword? Edward? What was his name? King Edward? Was that it? Oh, King Arthur. King Arthur. Fuck my life. Yeah. Fuck Edward. Uh, yeah, sorry, Jack. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, no, but it was uh, like King Arthur, Merlin, and all that. <clears throat> People always believe all the other medieval items. And it's just one of those things that when we may never know. People are pushing more on the idea of science, and that's why people are looking at the minerals and the other stuff. But then that still makes the wonder of how do you explain the ones in the water? Are the mountains that powerful, especially when, you know, like the one you just mentioned, like the Mariana Trench is seven miles, almost seven miles deep, and the average plane is flying 25 to 35,000 miles up in the air, air go five to six thousand, uh, five to six, five to seven miles up in the air. So how is it that they're so high up and you get pulled in? But meanwhile, Thing, uh, grounds that are much closer do not pull planes in. Yeah. I... I, I it's got to be something that science has yet to explain. Like, maybe we don't have the correct tools or we're looking for the wrong things at this moment. Exactly, yeah. But what gets me is, is how. Like, you know, you figure... It, it's 2018. These stories have been going on for a very long time. How is it that we? How is it that we don't know more, or that we're not officially looking further into these things, or are we? You know, and 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 us regular people are just not being told what exactly. <laughs> yeah, may, is maybe going we're on, just not hip know? to all that's going on. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to like. I, I like to make it clear that this is not a. This is by no means a conspiracy theory show, but. You know, these are just questions that we have to ask. Like, how, how is there not more known about this? Right. You know, well, here's the thing. Remember, every single fact was a theory. Every single theory was a guess. And every guess was a conspiracy at one point. You know, so that's why, you know, Jesse Ventura did that show Conspiracy Theory. You know, there were conspiracies that he tried to prove into, you know, saying I have a theory and trying to prove in a fact. I mean... It's just what it is. So it's not like you're trying to shoot conspiracies out right. But the truth is, unless you have direct evidence saying concrete uh, conclusion saying this is it, everything's going to be a conspiracy. Whether it's the Kushikar, whether it's the, the 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 minerals in the mountains, whether it's the belief of vortexes and everything going on, the vile vortexes of uh, of the planet, it's it's going to be 
a conspiracy, so to speak. There's theories to them, and people believe them in many ways, but, you know, people still fly through them, people still boat through them, and, um, you know, in the eyes of many people, you know, they're not proven just yet. So, it's to somebody, it's a conspiracy. To the other person, it's a theory, and to another person, it's a fact to the end of time. Yeah, man, this is this is incredibly fascinating. I, I kind of expected to to maybe touch on every area um, kind of in, in somewhat in depth, but that's not going to happen this time around. And I'm actually yeah. pretty happy with that because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we went so, so deep in depth with uh, Alaska, you know, and maybe we can focus on other areas of another time, you know, because this, this is like, I, I did not expect this much. This is, incredible i i was i was hoping we would hear some some local legend and and i'm happy that we did <laughs> you yeah, know same here i didn't think it was uh it was going to be that in depth i thought we'd be able to bang through all the 12 uh all the 12 areas and uh have it finished but it's easy to get caught in the weeds as wookie says yeah but i don't know about you guys but i'm actually very good with that <laughs> <laughs> very good with that because i'm really like I feel like as far as deep as we uh, went today with Alaska, uh, we would be doing kind of a disservice to the other areas if we felt the need to kind of breeze through everything else, you know, because yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I'm, 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 I'm really, really fascinated by this. I want to know as much about all of these areas as possible. And that's why we leave most of the episodes open-ended so we can always revisit them and dig dig a little deeper next time. Yeah. I could just see that. Ah, coming soon next week. What's going on with them Easter Island heads? <laughs> Tune in at 11. <laughs> and that's something that I wanted to touch on anyway, honestly. You know? I, I actually wasn't aware because a lot of a lot of the things that we're talking about these are things that i read about when i was a kid and always had an interest in but you know that was a long time ago and you forget things and i actually had no idea that uh easter island was considered one of the one of those areas yeah yeah so yeah man that's like i was hoping to get into that at some point anyway on another show but yeah, right. so it's, yeah, and it could be connected to this, so that that makes it that much better. And when when he actually brought that up that the Easter Island was a uh, part of this triangle, I was thinking like, holy shit, maybe that's the reason why the, they have those weird statues there. Yeah. yeah. We're definitely going to get into that, but <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, a lot of stuff to revisit. Uh, Many episodes to much like a condom. I guess we can wrap it up. <laughs> so that was that. Yeah, that was uh, that was incredible, Johnny. I'm I'm glad we asked you on for this, man. I, I did not expect all of this, and I'm I'm just very pleased with uh, the amount of knowledge that that you dropped on us, man. That that was Seriously. that was amazing. Yeah. I appreciate like a walking encyclopedia in. Like we could just fucking hand hand the show over to you, <laughs> like Johnny. We, we're not schooled on this subject. Oh, whoa, whoa, so whoa just be careful. Please take it over. <laughs> no. uh, the last thing I want, you know, five episodes from now, Wrestling's National Committee has officially annexed the properties that thereof of in, uh, inhuman experience. It's like, yeah, no, I'm good. All right. So with that said, thank you for coming on, and um, 
hopefully we can have you back so that we can uh, go over some more of those areas, man. I, I really hope we can have you back for that. I hope it's something that you might want to do, you know. Oh, for sure. Definitely sweet. would love to try. If you got anybody uh, from those specific areas, I think that would be good to get them on. You know, if you got anybody that's from Japan they or the Philippines, they probably know all about, like, uh, the Mariana Trench or the one – if you got anybody from Western Australia, they could probably talk about the uh, uh, the Wharton Basin. Yeah, so far I don't know any – I can't think of anybody offhand yet. I'll get to thinking. <laughs> Well, until then, we'll plan to have you back. And, uh, yeah, man, thanks again. And um, anything you want to plug, let the people know where they can find you. I appreciate it. Everybody can check us out. You can find us, uh, Wrestling's National Committee, on Facebook by that name. Twitter is at the WNC Show. You can listen to us live on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R. There's no E, Mixler.com, forward slash WNC hyphen show. And listen to us uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays uh, and Thursdays right after Wrestling Soup. If you donate to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash WNC, you can get the extra, extra show where we talk more news on there, which is extra from on Monday 5 p.m. is our breaking news on Fight TV. So if you could check that, uh, check us out there as well. That's the video show. So much appreciated, and uh, thank you again for having me on, guys. I, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad. It it was a pleasure having you on once more. Absolutely. Very much. And if you want to check me out in other places, you can check me out. I have a segment on Saturday morning cartoons. That's Mornings with a U, a weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Hosted by Dave Trumbore and Sean Paul Ellis. Uh, I have a... uh, segment on the show called love it hate it where i read reviews from people online who uh have opinions about the the cartoons that we uh that we cover for that episode so you can check me out it's available for download on uh apple and android pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts uh you can also find me out occasionally i'm the third host on tht movie review which is part of the tht network um go to mixler uh, THT podcast on Mixler. Um, THT movie review is on Saturday night, uh, Eastern, uh, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we break down movies. It's good stuff. Um, Boxman, Anthony, and myself. Uh, you can also find me, well, yeah, also on the THT network. Uh, Anthony and I, uh, we do the anthology of hip-hop. He's Anthony, I'm Anthem, so we are the anthology. Uh, it, it's good stuff, it's brand new, it's coming along. Check it out, give us a chance. Um, and also, I want to give a shout out to uh, some more of our podcast friends, The Strap, uh, Lynx Kinetic, and Sarah, and also my friends at the Geek Culture Cast Network, uh, Legends of the Panel Podcast, War My Tardis Podcast, and Active Geek Podcast. All right, and uh, if you want to write to us, if you have any stories or uh, insight to these episodes that we've been producing, uh, you can contact us through Gmail at inhumans. I'm sorry, inhumansex at gmail.com. That's inhumans with a z and ex at gmail.com. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Renegade Swords with a z, of course. Once more. <laughs> 
Uh, also, if you want to hear a different perspective from me that's not uh, to deal with paranormal or anything like that, I'm on the Sky Genie and I want to give a shout out to everybody at Get in the Corner. Thanks to Yuck Nasty for the intro. Absolutely. Um, much love to those guys, everybody in the corner, the family there. Shout outs to Wrestling's National Committee, Suplex City Limits, yes. Tyler Fudge for doing the edits, Absolutely. Jim Vicious, yeah. <laughs> uh, fucking <Our> THT. <laughs> yeah, Burbs. Yeah. 